Hey folks, uh, back here, McGivney's Juno with uh, former representative Jason Grant, my buddy. Hey, how, how you doing? doing? You doing good? I'm doing great. We're here at McGivney's. You're, you're back in Juno. It's, uh, you know, if you want to watch sports, this is about the only place in Juno you can do it. Well, currently there's so, a hockey game on. It's yeah, the, hockey uh, playoffs, NBA playoffs. Um, this was, uh, you know, Sundays to watch football. This would where, where I, I could come. So. Where did you stay? Uh, I stayed up the hill uh, at uh, Chicken Yard Park. What? It's yeah, exactly that's the name of the park, Chicken Yard Park. I guess it was next to a hospital where this park they would let chickens kind of roam free, and then the hospital would kill them and eat them uh, for that's, lunch uh, and dinner. That's efficient. So this was a, you know obviously a while ago, but um, so they've kept the name Chicken Yard Park. I stayed up there. It's about four blocks from the Capitol. Nice walk. Um, but yeah, I'm back. Uh, it hasn't. It's been my first time back in a while. I saw you <laughs> in the Capitol today, all suited up. Yeah, you look like you know you. Going back in time. Why, why are you here? Um, I, I know why, but tell the viewers sure. why you're here in Juneau. Uh, so the last few months I've been working with a group uh, out of Denver, Colorado. That's where they're based. It's called Unite America, a national group that is concerned and is uh, supportive of bipartisan legislators, people who have shown a propensity to reach across the aisle to do good stuff for their community, good stuff for their state. Uh, they want to... A, support those candidates, but B, find out more about how it's working in those states. So you have uh, states like Virginia, Maine, Minnesota, Arizona, where a very close majority in the House or the Senate, and they go, you know, they would think that more bipartisan work would be helpful as opposed to some of the partisan bickering that we see. Kind of like, like the majority you were in last last. Yeah, uh, so uh, they see Alaska as a great model for uh, bipartisan work. And they've, uh, you know, I'm working with them to kind of uh, promote the Alaska model that says, hey, bipartisan majorities can be successful and they can produce good outcomes. And so my work here today is just meeting with the House majority members, getting their feedback, seeing what's working well, seeing some of the challenges, talking about uh, how this all came to be and, and maybe what the, yeah. the finish line is like. And you, you have also been to Tennessee recently? Yeah, so I was in Nashville a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'll probably be going to a few other states where, again, uh, states that are, are almost similar to Alaska in that close majority. So this, where- this group kind of studies... All the different makeups of the legislatures in the states. And they say, this one, okay, we're not going to bother. But this one, this is something we can maybe... Yeah, so let's say you have a uh, a state like Tennessee, where I was, where they have a very, very Republican-dominated house. Their Senate, though, is, is, is more close in terms of the numbers. And so you can talk to the Senate and go, okay, if you guys had six or eight people who would cross over to do better work instead of some of the stuff that gets rammed down uh, the throats of the minority, whereas... Obviously, me as a centrist, someone who uh, finds themselves to be more moderate, I like working with uh, nonpartisan people, people who just want to look at data, people want to you know solve problems. They want to take that model like we are in Alaska to other states. So are you a lobbyist? Or no, not, not a lobbyist. Um, my, my title with United America is the National Caucus Director. Uh, so what I do, like I said, is, is uh, talk to caucuses around the state or around the country in, um, and, and promote, obviously, what's happening in Alaska and say, here's my experience in Alaska. Uh, how could it work in Virginia? And uh, what can we do to uh, help you succeed as a legislator who has reached across the aisle to do good stuff? So are you in Juneau because they said, hey, check out 
Judo or something, or are you here because you live in Alaska and it's like, hey, I might, might as well come uh, Both back. reasons. Obviously, I have a uh, really good relationship with uh, many of the House members on both sides of the aisle uh, based on my previous work. And so uh, it makes it easy for me to come down and kind of pick their brain, get some good feedback. But uh, obviously, I'm in Alaska as well. I'm in Anchorage still. And it's easy for me to fly down and, and uh, spend the day in Juno, talk to people, quick, and, and get some good feedback. Quick so, flight. Yeah, quick flight. Uh, my flight back, not so quick. I'm on the milk run tomorrow. Uh, which isn't that bad if you just want some time to read yeah, or actually, watch a actually, movie. I've flown back tenfold times since I've been here, and I'll fly the Milk Run uh, for a couple reasons. One, it's usually only 7,500 miles. There you go. So it's less. And two, it is a way to... I find I can really read on an airplane more than anywhere. So it's like you can read, you can read like 50 pages, 60 pages from a book in four hours on a plane. Yeah, as you know, someone with kids, I, I value uh, quiet time once in a while, so a, a flight home. you got three kids, right? Uh, yeah, three kids at home, so you know, if I can spend a few hours reading by myself, uh, kind of recharge my batteries before I get home. Good value. <laughs> it's good value. So let's talk a bit about, it's funny you're here now of all times because of the ethics bill you had been behind that got passed, HB 44. Um, that's being discussed now in the legislature because some of the things in there, some of the legislators don't like about maybe like I guess lobbyists can't buy a beer um, and then there's like the stuff where certain industries folks working in an industry they feel like they can't discuss a bill yeah so the history the history of the bill is it started out HB 44 started out strictly focused on the conflict of interest definition mm-hmm. whereas our state has the loosest definition of all of the 50 states in terms of very loose very loose um, it's it, it it's um we don't really have conflicts because the definition is so broad. So well, it's funny because they always vote and they say I would you know stand up for a conflict, and, 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 and sometimes it's very very obvious direct conflict, and they go object and then they vote. Well, what's 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 crazy about that is you don't know who says object. You, sometimes you don't even finish what your what your uh, conflict is, and someone says object, and you have to sit down, and it's never on the record. And so my goal was to build transparency, to build trust with my constituents, and really for people around the state of Alaska that they can trust what we're doing in Juneau was to have more transparency, more conflicts be disclosed, that sort of work. And so it started out strictly with that. Um, we started work because it wasn't going to pass. Um, we started working on the ballot initiative. The ballot initiative grew into eliminating drinks from lobbyists, um, eliminating junk, foreign travel junkets for legislators. It kept the conflict of interest uh, language that we had in the, in the, in the original bill. Um, and it, it, the conflict turned back into the bill because um, either people thought that was a good idea or they wanted it off a ballot. So the bill ended up getting passed, even though it wasn't originally supported by the legislature, because if the initiative were to pass, they couldn't have done. They they couldn't have touched it for two years. For two years, correct. And and a lot of people argued, you know, that that sort of bill would bring out anti-government type people, people who want to stick it to incumbents. And so I had people on both sides of the aisle, Democrats and Republicans, saying, "Hey, this this ballot initiative is going to be bad for my reelection." But for me, I cared more about the people as opposed to the people in the building. So do, do you feel like? Um some of the unintended consequences? I mean, do you feel like there is some things that need to be refined as far as some folks saying they can't talk to legislators about a bill because their husband or the wife is... the the intention of the bill was really focused on just disclosure. It wasn't intended to paralyze a legislator from doing their job. It was just intended to create more disclosures when it comes to if you or your significant other is going to make a ton of money from a bill... You need to be open with the public about that. That was really the intention. Uh, how the bill was interpreted through legislative ethics 
I thought went way, way beyond what A, the intentions was, and B, what our definitions were. But what that did was, I think, scare a lot of legislators, rightly so, to, to kind of, you know, CYA when it came to discussions. Cover your ass. There you go. Um, they, they wanted to... This is to, Landmine Radio. You can say whatever you uh, want. Oh, man. Okay. Well, here we go. Um, this is, no, no, we're uh, high energy, no filter. <laughs> If no you, censors, if you, no censors. If you've, if you've listened, yeah, Man, we, we'll keep we, don't, listen. we, don't, we don't have the government minders. <laughs> keep listening because I'm going to drop some. This ain't the Mike Picaro show, okay? <laughs> no snowflakes here, baby. Uh, <laughs> That's it. Um, so no, I agree with um, the efforts in the Senate and the House to make some of these changes and define things better because I think it'll be a better bill. No, you know, like both of these, this bill HB44, it passed the Senate, it passed the House, it was signed into law. Lawyers vetted it. Legislative legal vetted it. We, we thought we knew what we said. Legislative ethics said, no, 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 no. Our definition means much more than this, and it really scared some people. And if that means that we need to change a little bit, tweak a little bit of the definitions, I'm okay with that. I get that. Well, that's and kind so, of what they're doing right now. In they the, are. Some of the committees. And so I've had discussions with both uh, current representatives, current senators, uh, and let them know that, A, I'm supportive of these changes, and B, you know, any way I can help support and move this stuff I, I, through i will say uh, that be, there, yeah. there has been a few lobbyists who have told me i think it's fucking great i don't gotta buy these god, goddamn people drinks anymore <laughs> <laughs> and on the flip side you have lobbyists who probably go i wish i could buy some of these guys drinks because yeah, they're, that they're, helps they're, my job well, I, mean, I mean so I, I think it's just for, for me i think if you're at the bar and there's a lobbyist and there's a legislator there's a staffer and it's like to me it's so dumb to say yeah, it's my round i mean i mean i've been in so many situations here where I mean, i'm kind of this hybrid I don't even know. I'm this weird person in this weird place where I mean, people can buy me any, buy me a drink. It's no big deal. But I'll be me, some staffers, maybe a legislator, and then lobby, lobbyist gets me gets around. They go, yeah. oh, but not for him, not for him, not for it, not for her. And they have to like to me. It's just like you're not in that situation. You're not like nobody's leveraging no, anybody. And, no, and, no, and, nobody's trying to influence anybody. And, and I will be. You know, here's me, 100 percent transparent and honest. While I was a legislator, did a lobbyist ever buy me a drink? Yeah. Did a lobbyist, uh, you know, buy me a coffee and a muffin? Sure. But so my... Did you, but did you buy them one? I mean, you might have bought them one, too. Um, I, man, I'm coffee maybe... Coffee or muffin? I, probably, I don't know. Probably not, actually. You know, I was living pretty lean, <laughs> like, trying to raise my family that. on I'm, legislative I'm, salary. I'm getting, getting that money. But, no, but yeah, you're out uh, at dinner, and some and lobbyist comes, you're talking, and you go, hey, you know, yeah, next round's on me. I didn't have a problem with that, but personally. But from the public's perception, if, you know, here we are at a bar, you and I right now, and if, and if you and I are lobbyists, and you saw a lobbyist just buying drink after drink after drink after drink to me, the legislator, what does that say to the public? Well, and, they, have to, they, have to, they used to have to disclose it, right? Sure, but, if you're, but come on. If you're, if you're John Q. Public here, and all you see is land, you know, the landmine lobbyist buying, you know, Grand the Representative, a couple of, you know, six Ooh, Manhattans. Landmine land lobby. The landmine lobby. I like that. It's, there you go. Really but, successful. But the public goes, man, that's, you know, that's not cool. This guy's, you know, getting, you know, grand, you know. Yeah, I mean, any, any, anything excessive. Yeah, I think there are probably in the past, I've heard stories of, you know, lot, certain people, and, and really, would send a, a, a big box of whiskey to some legislator yeah. who, who didn't, you know, have, maybe enjoy drinking a little bit. And, and and what this does is just completely eliminate that um, that perception that someone either you know was buying me influence, buying me drinks to kind of put thoughts in my head, all those things. Now the public goes at least even if you and I were drinking five six beers a piece, at least it's you not buying Hell me. Yes. A, 
<laughs> at least it's not you buying me those drinks and saying, oh, look at this lobbyist. That's funny. We're, we're, doing this, we're doing this podcast right now, and there's a couple lobbyists like, oh, really? two tables away, and they're kind of like, being, being loud like, as like heck. T- taking a keen interest in our conversation. Um, we won't say their names because no. we don't roll like that. No. I could wave to both of them. They both know me and like me. I'd be okay. I, so, should, I could cheers them right now. They, yeah, they, no, they're... they're they, hey, guys. Yeah, they're... they're uh, they're, they're pretty focused. They're, they're, they're in a deep, their, they're, deep they're talk. Like, do not yeah. look over there. Don't look, don't look at them. So, so, so for me, I mean, obviously, when I ran, I wanted to help be a part of a, of a long term budget fix, but I also wanted to help build trust with politicians back so in June. So, so the ethics bill was part of that. Let's talk about your campaign, and uh, you know, I think people know this. I mean, full disclosure, I, I was we're buddies. We go back a long time. I was I helped you out in your 2016 race. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Your 2018 race. Um, so I was really supporting you and helping you and. You know, I, I felt like you had a shot. I think there was a lot of forces against you with the governor's race and the higher turnout and people voting a straight ticket and, um, you know, the Dustin Darden situation. There was... Sure. But I, I still felt, you know, this can happen. Yeah, you know, three, three-way races it, are it always... It three-way races are going to be unpredictable. My race, um, my district is has a two-to-one ratio of Republicans and Democrats, so there's a, you know, just automatic propensity to have a, you know, a more conservative person is going to win. Um, and then when you throw a, a Dustin Darden character in the mix that's unpredictable, you have no idea uh, what's going to happen, um, it's, it's tough to predict. You know, we thought we were doing the good work as legislators to say the public's going to agree with what we wanted, you know. And uh, as an independent third-party person to still get 41% in a three-way race, um, I'm, I'm happy that. How, how did you honestly, before the day before the election, day of the election, what was your honest feeling or thought on the... On the- um, I knew it was going to come down to the percentage that that Dustin Darden was going to get you know if he would get if he was going to get five percent if we had done a good job talking to those Democrats and um, nonpartisan people I thought we had a, a really good chance because um, I think we'd done more engagement than any other legislator during my time in terms of town halls uh, letter writing phone calling meetings park meetups ice cream socials coffees all those things we were engaged with our community more than anyone else and so I think people really respected that but you know, you can't reach every voter. You can't talk to every person. And so a low-information Democrat, low-information nonpartisan who doesn't know who I am um, might not vote for a person with an N.A. or an next to their name, kind of weird. They usually vote kind of party labels. Mm-hmm. So if we thought if Dustin Darden was going to get 5% that I could do it, 10%, obviously, that was the threshold that proved to be too much because we lost by 4% or so. So, um, I mean, I think, I think Sarah Rasmussen, I think she worked pretty hard too. She was out there doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I, it wasn't like she was just doing nothing. I mean, she was no, actually and, campaigning and, as well. So. Um, I think, you know, what, what someone has told me, which I kind of, you know, uh, um, I guess helps me sleep at night. Right. Is that a, a third party independent candidate? There's no, you don't get the low information voter. You don't get a down ticket person. So every vote that you got, you earned. You know, you don't get someone going, I don't know who I voted for. I just vote Democrat. So I voted for the D. You know, people that's who really voted, that's a really good point. People yeah. who voted for Jason Gren, I earned every one of those votes. That was someone who I talked to who who respected me and what we were doing. And, uh, you know, obviously it wasn't enough, which which is uh, fine. Um, but, you know, yeah, I run into does people. It, 
every the, every day, every week, someone grabs me at Fred Myers or Kaladi or church or at my kid's school. Just, I mean, I won't say who, but oh. just now somebody happens. Yeah, to someone be at the bar in Juno yeah. said you were doing a great job. You're in my district. Yeah. Thank you for what you did. Um, that happens often, very often, actually. And so. Um, I get to walk around my neighborhood and still serve in different ways, and I feel proud of the work we did. And I would have loved to be down here. The work is cool, but uh, so almost, I get to do other stuff now. Almost six months later, when you look back to that day after the election, um, I mean, were you sad? Were you mad? I mean, what was the emotion? Uh, mixed bag. You know, there's a silver lining. I'm, I'm, I'm a very optimistic type of person and go, okay, well, I've got new opportunities now. I'll get to see my family. Um, I get to go back to normal life. I mean, th- this job takes over every aspect. You were here in that 2017 deal where it was like 200 and some days. Yeah, most days ever. Uh, I mean, it's we were here back in that November, and I mean, it is tough. And um, so I think there was a. I, I was sad probably because I disappointed people who believed in me, who said, "Okay, we're going to help Jason. We're, we, you know, we think he's on the right track. We're going to we're going to volunteer. We're going to give money. Those sort of people who uh, obviously you want to uh, you want to succeed and do good things." Um, but I think we were on the right track in terms of legislation, too. Uh, the, the House majority, I thought, was doing a good job of reacting to the needs of Alaskans. And so it was fun to be a part of that. I wasn't in a – I've run a couple times. You know, I wasn't – when I – 2012, it was fairly close, but last time it wasn't. But for me, I think the hardest part of um, losing is – it's not even losing. It's it's the next day and the next week, all the messages and people calling you and everybody you see. And it's like you have to keep reliving it. Yeah, and kind of re-explaining it and having the same conversation. Well, I'll, uh, with, I'll, with a, a different person. Yeah, like I said, I mean, people tell me all the time. Like I mentioned, you know, they come up to me and talk. What was really bad up until about a week ago, I was still getting campaign mailers back to my house because my home address was the return address. Oh yeah. So yeah. so every I, I, every I, few I, days I'd get a I'd get an envelope, you know, or, or a, you know, big big piece of mail that said, you know, vote for Jason Grant. Here's why. And I'm like, I get it. Yo, you know, it's I, like I, a little I, salt I, in the I wound. Had this, I had the same thing. <laughs> All I get the, the time. for like I don't know if it was that long, but yeah, for for a month or two, it trickle it the, the return, um, and you're like, damn, yeah. fuck. Well, you know, it's getting to the point. So I, I mentioned, you know, someone even at church grabbed me last week and they're like, Jason, hey, thanks for what you did on public education. Really appreciate it. And I was dropping my kid off at the class for church. And he kind of, Atticus, our, our almost seven-year-old, he kind of rolled his eye and goes, why does everyone say that? And I'm like, dude, like, Yo, like your dad. Give dad you know, a little pat on the back. Son. Yeah, your dad was trying to work hard for your education and here's people thanking me. But, he, you know, he just gets annoyed with people talking about politics all the time. How old is he? Almost seven. So he's like to that age where he can kind of understanding something's going on. He, he kind of knows, you know, I was helped. Like, he thinks I changed the laws. That's what I, my work, that's what my job was, right? Just to change the laws. It's kind of hard to explain mm-hmm. the life of a politician to a yeah, seven Yeah, the nuance yeah. at the seven-year-old well, level. you know, is, it was, it, I mean, I'll tell you this. Um, we don't talk about Donald Trump in my house. Just, like, just my wife and I don't talk in front of the kids about Donald Trump. Probably a good uh, call. Well, and, and, and for whatever reasons, we just don't do that. And in you the guys car talk about ride, it with each other. Oh sure, <laughs> but not in front of the kids. Like just, it's like we have parenting to do, and it's just not what we do. So I'm taking the kids to school. Just the two, our young, our oldest and our middle middle girl, Vivian, and uh, they go, "Is Donald Trump real?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, he's our president." And they're like, "He's a real sour grape." <laughs> I was like, "Sour grape?" They're like, "Like what is it? Nineteen like, twenty? He dresses he's a real sour grape. He dresses like a clown." And I'm like, "Where are you guys getting this? Like, we don't listen to you know NPR in the car with them or anything that they could like." Probably in our classmates. Well, sure, but these first grade, you know, preschool. I'm like, they're hearing about Donald Trump. And I mean, we're like, he, he's he's. He's ubiquitous. He's everywhere. It's I mean, amazing. He's, he's so, everywhere, so for me to be like a politician, I don't know what they think. 
if Donald Trump is a politician who they think is a, yeah, a real right. sour grape, I don't know what they think of me. But probably can't even begin so, to understand uh, it. In a couple of years, obviously, they'll probably find out and, you know, who knows what. But um, right now, I don't think they really understand it, which so is fine. Let's go back a couple of years. I want to talk about two things. When you ran, I was helping you out in 2016. And um, this is after I lost the primary. We went door to door, remember? It was a great oh, day, yeah, actually. We yeah. met that one lady and that guy and the guy who just moved it, there. It worked out well. We, we yeah. had a great, great couple, two and a half hour yeah. uh, door to door. It was chilly. I remember it was like October. It was going to say it was October, it was, that was, fall time. Sure. Was, you get back in the car, you're like, fuck, I'm cold. Yeah, turn up and, the heat. And, and um, so I'm like, hey, let's do a Facebook Live. Like, let's do a debrief, Facebook Live. And you were like, okay. <laughs> Great, and I was like, let's, let's, I was like, hey, we'll just, just tell people what we're doing. Yeah, sure. So, so we, I, I put the thing on, I type it in, I, you know, we're in the car, and, and I'm very like, folks, you have to go back and watch it. It's like go to Jeff Landfield's my Facebook page, and go to videos, and go back to 2016 October, and you got to see the look on his face because you just have this look of it's somewhere between sheer terror and and. Horror. The, well, the the Jeff the the Jeff brand at that time was you know you just come off the primary. Um, <laughs> people so were all, still, those, all those videos. Yeah, people still didn't know you know like what to make. Um, you know, make of you and, and who if you were serious if you were going to be like a, you know like uh, you know a, a policy guy if you're just like this weird dude who you know a speedo guy still. And so it's hard to say no to you. Obviously, you're my friend. You're supportive. I'm like, yeah, let's do a Facebook live. But I, so that face is kind of like deer in the headlights. Like, what's Jeff going to say yeah, next? Like, what is this guy? Gonna but say? I remember the comments were like, oh, Jeff said this guy's cool. I'm in. Like you know, oh, yeah, no, I, 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 mean, I can't was, quantify it, but I know yeah. a lot of folks that, yeah. that who told me, hey, I voted for that guy because you know. I believe you, Jeff because he, he told you know, me he's he was a solid a dude. dude and, and, yeah, and um, so uh, you know, it's one of those things. Facebook Live off the cuff maybe was a little strange at the time for the Jeff Landfield, but you know, now uh, I thought it was a pretty good video. It was a good video. You know, you were very supportive. We talked about our day. It was totally cool. But yeah, I, I do look like, like I'm, look I'm like, afraid of like in the next ten seconds, Jeff's going to do something crazy, and I can't stop this train. Against, and if you vote against Jason Grant, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like the what's that? Helladega Nights, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Um, so other one is probably after that, I had uh, told you I was going to do a, a rap, a rap, um, song for you. Yeah. And I think you probably thought and, I was joking. Uh, I probably thought you were joking. I think you were doing some, you were doing music or video. You would, you know, you were doing a lot of videos at the time. So anything to kind of create content. So, so I and, basically, um, me and my buddy Kale made, he was like an unwilling participant, but he agreed to help me. So we did this song where it was like. A, a sick beat and it was like Grant, Grant, Jason, Grant and I did this whole two minute um, rap that was I, I'd say I'm not a very good rapper I'm not I do not no, have the, a career the, in a rap it's it's industry. kind of like it's the rhymes like you would make in sixth grade like really simple rhymes but it was, I, 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 yeah, I think I said like it's time for live like it was like something vacate time to abdicate whatever yeah. I said and it was like all these different basically it was like yo like Liz you done and I'm like and like I, I got like the grass at the end I was like yo like you know, what did I say? I was like, it's all about the independent variable or like whatever. I made, made it, said weird stuff. So, so I put, I sent, I remember I called you. It was like late. It was, yeah, close to midnight. I'm like, yeah, this is fine, Jeff. Cool, man. So I, 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 I played it for you, right? And I remember vividly, I was like, I played it for you. And I was like, what do you think? And you were like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I think it was your wife listening. Yeah, uh, and and my life. I mean, you know, like I said, you're my you're my buddy. I'm you know supportive of what you're doing and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, oh my god, how do I? I mean, looking back, I I mean, if, if I was you, I'd be like, I'd be like, do not fucking play that. So I put it on <laughs> Facebook, 
and it actually got like a lot of traction right but there was like cer- certain words i said they sounded like different i mean it sounded like a different word like i had said rate you got a rate you know yeah. somebody thought it was rate. yeah it was, it was yeah. not it was not rate. which is which is and the was, last thing you want to be associated <laughs> with a campaign so, so my god so i get this call this, from this lobbyist who i really know and respect it was like jeff this campaign isn't fucking about you I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. Like, what is this? I heard this thing. It's crazy. So take it down. Like this isn't about you. One one of the things I learned. I mean, like, I mean, what, before I before I ran for office, I just thought kind of like you run for office and you get donations and you go from there. And you don't, you don't uh, understand the nuance. Oh man, or all like, the, and, you know. and really, you start learning about all the outside forces and lobbyists and who's paying attention to your race, and you have no clue of. Who is looking at you as just you're just running, right? You're just saying, I want to make a difference. But there is machines behind parties. There's machine behind races. There's so much big money. And so, yeah, for a lobbyist who, like you said, you know, respect someone who's, you know, relatively well known in the state to say, Jeff, take this down. I'm sure it was kind of like, okay. Like, well, just so somebody who's a friend of mine who basically, you know, said, look, I don't, I don't know. It's like an older guy, too, probably heard it and was like, I don't know what this is. Like, this is not like, I don't understand social media very well. I mean, in the end, the funny thing is, people like that or, or political operators or whatever, people people who are like insiders, they, they, I think you would agree with this, they tend to freak out about stuff that doesn't matter at all. I mean, do, doing it the landmine, I'll get people who will, I'll write something and they'll be so upset about something I wrote and it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, like a couple thousand it, people maybe read it. It's, they forget about it. It's nothing, it doesn't matter. Yeah, for the most part, these aren't game changers. These are, I mean, you know, you, I have found, you know, the Juno bubble is a thing, right? Oh, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, oh, yes. You know, you think this is the biggest deal, and it is, maybe in the building, like the big thing of the day, or someone said this, or a bill, or whatever. And then you go back to Anchorage, you go back to your district, and no one even knows what you're talking well, about. It, even, even my biggest story, out of all my stories I've ever done, my biggest story, I think, was had 15,000 uh, uh, views. Okay? 15. That's my biggest story. The average story I do has, you know, between two and three, maybe up to three, 4,000. You know, so these are like the, the honed in, yeah, yeah, engaged political people, maybe business pe- people who are like paying attention. You know, we have seven hundred thousand people in the state. You know, it's like the average person who goes to work and works hard, has a family. I mean, they aren't, you know, they aren't ga- engaged. In, I mean, it, something has to be so monumental of a controversy for it to be like top of mind for everybody. In the, you know what I'm saying? But it's like some people think like, oh. If, if I know this, everybody, everybody's, everybody's talking about it. Which they yeah, aren't, they aren't it's, talking it's, it's about. It's like, oh, did you see that tweet? And people are like, I mean, what? Like, what are you like, talking what, about? Like, what? What? Yeah, it's what, like, what no, you, I'm not. I'm not following hashtag AK Ledge. You know, ten times a day and, and trying to figure and, this and out. I, yeah. I, I'm guilty of it because I'm here and I'm doing stuff and I'm talking to folks who are in the bubble and I'm yeah. writing stuff. And then even sometimes when somebody who I think has to have read what I wrote, I'm like, did you see? Did you see this? They have no clue. They go, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. I, I got a million things I'm doing here. Like, I'm not... In- well, and that's, you know, and that's what I, you know, especially in the last six months as I've gone back to normal life is that, you know, people just want to go shopping on Sunday and get there, you know, and have a good time with their kids and enjoy, you know, a ball game or, you know, just kind of normal life. I mean, most people in that 60, 70% just want to, like, they want to trust what's going on. And until something's out their doorstep... Life just continues, and until they, you know, until their neighbor lose their job or they lose their job, or something is extremely altered in their kid's school, you know, life just kind of goes on. Um, or you know, or what we've learned about in public safety is, you know, 
if your car doesn't get stolen, it's not that big of a deal. But if your car gets stolen, yeah, it's a huge that's, deal. I mean, that's what you want. I mean, and these and, and even the yeah. crime, which is a huge deal in Anchorage, and it was a you know the theft and all the th- crime stuff. Even the crime is one of the most probably important uh, kind of issues. Even even that isn't doesn't reach everybody. There's people who are just like what what crime? I don't. Yeah. Talk, I mean, they they might have heard it's about something. They know somebody that. But but even in that situation, there's people who are like, what are you talking about? You know, because they live in a world where they don't ever they aren't affected by it. Yeah, and, and and until you're engaged, until you care, and that's what I think you're seeing with this this budget. I mean, I don't know where we're going in this conversation, but like, wherever you, wherever I, I you mean, want, baby. I haven't. I, I, as someone who's engaged and and lived here my whole life, I haven't seen a reaction to this ever. It's crazy. I, mean, oh, I, 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 mean, I think um, with that with that budget, just because of the proposed cuts, and yeah, you know, and, and I've told people, I think in some ways the governor probably is it, it's playing some kind of leverage game where it's like we propose this and then we we go back and forth. But you know, to the average person who lives in some coastal community, you know, in Angoon or. Wrangle or some place, or you know, who doesn't know how this works. Yeah, they think, "Fuck, the ferry is going to end." Or the, or the person who lives in some, you know, place in interior that they think their school is going to close. They they don't know it's a game. No, they, don't, they, they don't understand how this works. Yeah, they saw the one headline that said X, and they go, "So, so, well, now, so now they're very engaged." Yeah, that, yeah. And it's in one way, it's been pretty inspiring to watch. And no matter how you feel about the budget, when when citizens kind of come out, they take. They take time out of their daily life to say, I'm against or for something, as opposed to being on social media, but they actually be actively engaged in yeah. something. Well, w- wait, pretty, waiting an hour or two hours. Yeah, to, to testify for three minutes or to protest how, something. How good or, does it feel right it, now to be talking like real talk? I mean, because you were, if you were a legislator, we would not be doing this podcast no, right now. No, there's a little, obviously there's a little bit of guarding it because, you know, the next thing you say that's too loose Someone, right, very you know, loose. Yeah, that's something is very loose. Someone uses in your campaign or something, and so there's a little bit of. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you were ever the loose unit. You're not really, you're not really loose unit level. No, mostly. you know my. I'm trying to think of the loosest thing I've did like publicly in the legislature that might have gotten me it. The ethics bill didn't make me a lot of friends, but it's not yeah, really no, loose. Was, yeah, I, you I mean, never really did. You were I, kinda, got, I had the public support on that one big time. You weren't like um, a, you weren't you weren't like a bar. I wasn't here last year, but you weren't like a bar guy. Where you? No, were. um. So I um. I lived with another legislator. Uh, we, we we shacked up together. Uh, very scandalous. Me and Adam Wool hmm. shared a. Oh, two- I, we did a we did a we had, that was a great podcast. He's I a cool cat, him. man. That's I, a very I, uh, um, romantic. You know, very, business owner. Sounds very rom- romantic. Um, uh, yeah, we. Um, but actually, you know, it's interesting because you get to talk a lot about. Um, you'd go home for the day. And go. What happened to your day? What happened to your day? Like what committees? All those things. So we had a great relationship. Um, he has kid. Uh, he has a wife and he has a wife and kid too. So him and I were. It was good roommates. You know, we weren't trying to be out on the town or anything that you know but you're, you're, um, you're having ragers at the house <laughs> but t- um, I am. you know in ter- if you've been to juno there's not much to do um and so going to the bar is actually kind of a it's I mean, dr- drinking is one of the things to do here it's, it seems to be the major thing here but um it's obviously pretty social what we're doing right now but it's also where i mean you know we've seen lobbyists here you'll see other lo- you'll see a lot of other lawmakers and it is an outside the office experience to be talking about someone and you know, you have it over a cocktail or a beer. That's cool. Like, uh, no problem with that. And, no, I, and I love downtown. Good, good work tri- happens. Tri- triangle or, you know, Imperial yeah. or the Narrows. Or you go in there and, you, I mean, you see folks, whether it's lobbyist staff, legislator, whether it's people who are kind of engaged somewhat politically for whatever reason, they're in town. And, yeah, I mean, you have a conversation. You start to get together with folks and, you know, you start to talk about things. And I, I think that's yeah. one of the actually – that's actually my biggest reason. I used to be years ago. I said, move the cap, move the fucking capital, put it in Anchorage, make it closer. But I actually think that's part of the reason, and folks might not agree with this, but part of the reason this place works the way it does, and things do 
kind of all always come together and happen and they would anywhere but it's because you're kind of stuck here and you have to talk to people and have conversations well, and work with it, folks it's funny because people go you know let's let's uh, let's put the capital let's put the capital in Anchorage where all the constituents can see what's going on right like that's one of the arguments I don't or, think or, the, the, the guy but, in Anchorage who says fucking move the capital you know there, there he is right there um, he I mean he's probably paying attention he, he's probably calling in yeah. in Juneau he might become maybe once in a while probably not very often coming but the person who's like kind of not paying attention or marginally paying, I don't think they're going to be that much more. I mean, you might have more, no, you might have some uh, more, make more, more engagement, yeah. but it's not going to be to this like extreme level where it's like, there's like five times as much in-person participation. No. And, 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 but you hear, but I hear the same thing going, put these legislators on a boat or put them on ADAC Island oh, yeah. until they get their job done. Well, that's, it's almost like being in judo. I mean, you're here away from well, everyone. And because you do need people, uh, it needs so, to be accessible you know, for people. A lot of people need, need to come here. Sure. P- business people or people in the nonprofit world or people in whatever kind, of, they need to come here. So, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a relatively pretty big proponent of um, moving the capital. But I also understand the reasons not to. But what I tell people also is, um, you know, if, if you live in California and you live in San Diego, how often do you get to your capital in California? Sacramento, you know, up, uh, you know, up. Now you can drive there, you can fly there. It's, it's obviously a little easier, but how often do you get to your capital, national capital in D.C. as Alaskans yeah. to go talk to your rep, to your senators? You know, well, I mean, if it was, so, in, let's say if it was in Anchorage, right? For example, yeah. I think one of the things that would happen. Getting a drink here. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. One of the things that would happen is, um, you know, half or however many people who live in Anchorage, representatives from Anchorage yeah. and Eagle River and all that, they would just, you know, they would go home. After um, days over, yeah, that, that's it. And and here we talked about these little meetings you have, these run-ins you have with people in the with the restaurant or the. I mean, it just feels like I think a lot gets done here that the public doesn't appreciate or realize it, it, no, it, because of the capital being here. You, you're, you know, as as you mentioned, if I was still elected and I came here tonight to talk to you, I would have ran into a couple of lobbyists couple of lawmakers and we would have mentioned hey did you get my did you get my email about that thing like oh in committee did you hear that one thing i mean so there's work that's happening all the time and to your point if i live in anchorage and i just go home you miss out on some of the social aspect but also the real work that gets done outside of the office i mean if if you work in the private sector you understand like let's face it like if you look happen this is how things work i grew up in new mexico capital santa fe which is about 45 minutes from albuquerque obviously much more accessible you can drive there smaller place i mean Florida's Tallahassee, you know, like California's Sacramento, like, you know, like you get these yeah. cities where you're like, why is that the capital? I mean, it is, and you know, yeah, I, it's I how mean, it functions. Yeah, I don't hear a lot of people going, "Hey, Sacramento, we need to move you to, you know, what's in the middle of the state, you know, to Hearst Castle in the right. middle, you know, that's where our capital is going to be because it needs to be most centrally located." The, or the, where the, the biggest are. problem for me, so, the biggest problem for Juno for me being the capital, is is how expensive for the average Alaskan it is. To come here, right? So yeah. if you fly here from Anchorage, that's just Anchorage. I don't know if you're Fairbanks or if you're in the, you know, the cost of you. It's five hundred bucks from Fa- yeah. from Anchorage round trip, unless you get a little bit of a deal or miles, and then you got to get a hotel, and that's going to be. I mean, to come here for two or three days, it's a thousand bucks. It's a thousand bucks at yeah. least. Yeah, and and so that has always kind of been my one issue is is the average person doesn't really, you know, some people come here for different reasons, and obviously, oftentimes they're here for a specific reason for a couple, and that's why we're about to put a video out. Uh, Scott Jensen, my buddy, was here last week. We're doing like a tour of the Capitol, kind of showing every level and kind of show, showing people just kind of how this place is. Because it's, it's very interesting the way that place, it's a very interesting ecosystem. 
It is. I mean, I've been able to visit, like I said, you know, multiple state capitals and talk to other legislators about what it's like to just serve and be different. And Alaska is different. And that's um, that's OK. Uh, when you say Alaska, and, how many times are they like, do you know Sarah Palin? Both Uber drivers asked yeah, me yeah. when I was in Nashville recently. Um, it used to be like, do you live in an igloo? Now it's like, do you know Sarah Palin? I did, I did a podcast uh, with uh, Ralph Samuels like a month ago. He told me he was in like Montreal or Quebec somewhere and he was like on a vacation. And he said he was it's like years ago, right? And he said he was like in a like a souvenir shop. And the lady who was talking to asked him like, "Do you know Sarah Palin?" And he's it's, like, "He's like, because he was in legislature, you know." Legis- oh, sure. He's like, "Yeah, in fact, I do know her, you know, pretty well." And she's like, "Oh, neat!" Like <laughs> conversation stopped. Yeah, just, I was like, "Did you tell her like you were in the legislature?" And he's like, he's like, "No, yeah. no, I just." That was, that was it. Of course, we, yeah, of course I knew. I'm Alaskan. I know you're well, mean to folks here, Jason, and the battery on my podcast device is getting quite low. It's flashing at me, so we, we, your, your, your guy, wait, can, can I say who it is? What's up? The guy who's coming to meet you? Oh, sure. Andy Josephson, who, by the way, did a podcast with me a few uh, last week, and a very, very high-performing podcast as far as the views go. It, um, Andy is... Um, Andy, uh, J- Andy J. There um, he is. You know, my nickname for him, I called him JoJo. Uh, we're both Mariner fans, Seahawks fans. We had a lot to talk about outside the legislature. But um, I was always a tr- I was always wanting to work outside of my caucus. That I was outside of my caucus, uh, working with people who looked at data and wanted you know looked at the problem we're trying to solve and how to do that. And if it was a Republican idea, Democrat idea, it didn't matter. Andy is one of those guys. Obviously, you know he's a big proponent against SB ninety one. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, very progressive in other ideas in the environment and such. Uh, very, but, very, yeah, so, very intelligent. So very intelligent guy. Loved working with him. Um, and that's you know the the more people we have, even you know R D, the more people we have like Andy uh, and on the other side of the aisle, you have people like you know Jennifer Johnston and Chuck Cop, and then you know back to the D's, you have people like you know Ivy, people who Ivy Sponholds, people who want to look at data, look at information. And try to solve problems in a you know a, really a nonpartisan way. Uh, that's who I liked working with. So really fun to come and talk with these guys. Uh, you know, down here for the day. Um, I had 14 meetings today, man. I was Fuck. yeah. I start. I mean, I started at nine and went till seven. I was. Yeah, you know, I saw you when uh, I walked in, and you were you were all boot, booted and suited. Oh yeah, I was. I was power, ready. Power suit, ready for action. Um, it was really fun. You know, I, I you know I, got, I talked to the security officer, the uh, camera people. No, no, I, I remember that, I walked in and the security guy was like, Jason. Oh, yeah. I mean, it hey. was, you know, I had everyone just wanting to talk and say hi. And that's a good feeling. You know, it kind of made me feel like, okay, you know, I I was at least at least liked and respected yeah. down here. It made me feel like I could come into the building and yeah, do some There's good work. other folks who, former reps who would walk in and they, they might be asked to get the fuck out. Yeah, you know? yeah I'm not <laughs> scheduling a meeting with you. Yeah, I'm sure there's people like that. But, um, you know, I enjoyed my time. I, I'm... St- Finding other ways to do cool stuff for Alaska, and, and I'll be around. Jason, I want to thank you for being here. The, the battery going low. We're already at 40 minutes, but um, it's been great. I'm glad you're back in June. I'm glad you're doing well, and I'm glad we finally got this podcast. Yeah, cheers, we, man. Been meaning to do this for a long time. We'll, so uh, we'll clink. Give me that. And, uh, Boom. And uh, we'll do another one of these. And um, when I'm back in Anchorage, we can get together and do a little maybe sounds a, little, awesome. a little drunk Alaska history or something like that. I could, I could uh, get into that. All right. Well, Jason Gren, thanks again for being here and doing the podcast. And, folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, uh, with me, get a hold of me, let me know, and we'll talk to you next time. Landline.